BGRT Gaming Podcast, episode 686, recorded on June 12th, 686th edition of the TV Gaming Podcast and 519th episode of Video Game Roundtable. I am TJ Denzer. I am Scott Dirk. And I am Jonah Falcon. VGRT Gaming Podcast focuses on game news from around the industry. Yeah, so we don't care about what we've been playing. Trust, it's not important. Uh, because we just had our pseudo E3 this week. We have a lot of games that we have to talk about now. I'm playing Street Fighter 6, just so everybody knows. Yeah, you said that last week, so that's fine. I haven't played <laughs> Street Fighter 6 yet either. Um, when I get it, I'm probably going to just delve into the world tour. And I'm still playing Tears of the Kingdom, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, there's going to be a lot of games we're going to discuss. Um, we're going to go show by show by show in chronological order, and you can pick out games that you want to talk about. We'll, we'll take turns. Um the first show is from our favorite reprobates, uh, Devolver Digital. Uh, they had a couple of games that they showed off. Um, I'm going to talk about Baby Steps, which is by the developers who did Ape Out. And basically it's Octodad, except with a person. Basically it's a walking simulator. You know, we have to move one foot. Sort of like one of those physics-based games like Surgeon Simulator and stuff like that, where a lot of the fun is just... You failing to do simple things. It's like a uh, if aliens were controlling a big, giant uh, humanoid robot and trying to figure out how to make him walk and uh, move around. The atmosphere looks beautiful, though. I mean, because yeah. Yeah, I know Octodad was, uh, I guess, you know, not as deep. Cartoony. Or, yeah. yeah, very cartoony. This is very photorealistic or trying to be and. Uh, and the and the, the I guess the person you're controlling really just looks like uh like something you would imagine an like a micro alien would make. I, I know there was a movie I can't remember what it was called. It had Eddie Murphy in it I think where they oh Dave aliens, Dave. Like Dave Dave the name was okay, yeah yeah Dave I think yeah. it was called Dave. It yeah. was written by it was, it was co-written by uh, Bill Corbett who did who is a part of MST3K. Okay, so that's that's what this looks like if they're trying to control a human body and it just looks all awkward like don't make it look weird don't suspect <laughs> yeah um okay i'm guessing you want to talk about the talus principle too uh tj nah. someone was highlighting it well let's talk about the talus principle too i enjoyed the first talus principle and um it's made by the same guys who did serious sam and you can tell because a lot of the senior, you expect to see a thousand guys with bombs on their arms screaming, running at you at any time. Huh. They, it's true. Um, it was an entertaining uh, puzzle game. Did either of you play the first game? I haven't, but I think I have it on Steam, and I was the one that highlighted it because uh, I wanted to make sure that it was the puzzle game that I remembered. Uh, I haven't actually. I don't know if I played all that much. I think I just played a little bit. But I really love puzzle games, like just sitting back and just trying puzzles and not worrying about being attacked by monsters and just 
chilling in a, in a, in a puzzle game, and especially yeah. in an environment. The Talos Pinchbowl is a lot like The Witness, in which it's one kind of puzzle, basically, but so many iterations of it. And um, you get graded on how you do the puzzle, so that if you, if you, right. you know, some of them are special puzzles in order to get special abilities. Uh, have you played it, TJ? Hmm, the Talos Principle? No, I have not. Really? Uh, okay. Um, what would you like to talk about? Plenty about it, but I yeah. just I never got around to that one. Um, um, Human Fall Flat Two is just basically Human Fall Flat, and it's another one. <laughs> yeah. And the Sludge Life 2 is yet another, um, uh, uh, I'd like to call it like WarioWare, sort of, kind of, in that it's just a bunch of minigames strung together. Yeah, I think aside from Tal's principle, I don't think I'm that interested in these games in Devolver Direct. Anyway, we're going to move on to the future game show, and there was a lot, a lot of games. Uh, is there one you want to talk about, uh, TJ? Uh, the feature game show? Uh, let me see. You covered it on, on, on Shack News. That's where I got the list from. Yes. Um, I liked Distant Bloom. I, uh, I'm Which a one? fan of, uh, of, uh, of survival builders. And Which one is that it? One. What did Distant you say? Bloom. Oh, okay. There's a lot of those in, um, that, in this, in this, in this game, I think, too. A lot of those types of games. It's a sci-fi survival builder. And I I like a good survival builder anyways, but like it gave me it gave me vibes of like uh oh, what's that one Astroneer a little bit yeah Astroneer and, uh, and and things like that which and then the creature itself that you play as look cute as hell so I I enjoyed watching that um, Steamworld build speaking of builders I did not expect that because for those who don't know Steamworld dig. Dig 1 and 2 were basically you, and you were digging into stuff and all that stuff. SteamWorld Builder just takes that universe and turns it into a city builder, which was interesting to me. Yeah. I, uh, it's really fun to see how far uh, SteamWorld has expanded past that first thing. Um, I've always enjoyed watching those games. I, I remember playing the first one back when it came out on the DS and just like, They've always been fun. Every one of them has been fun in one way or another. And, of course, there's Punch Club, too. I played the first Punch Club, and it was fun. I was not expecting it to be sort of like uh, uh, the strategy game that it was. You know, it's basically combat strategy in which you have to time which ones you want to – what kind of punches you want to make. But it went in directions I was not expecting in the first game. So the second game looks like it's just going wild with with that – with some uh, metaphysical stuff. Go make sure that I put Station to Station on my Steam wish list because oh yeah, Station, Station to Station looks like a really relaxing game. It's it's basically a train puzzler, and I always like a train game. Have you seen Station to Station, yeah. uh, Scott? No, I haven't. I'll, I'll look okay, it up. it's it's basically uh, Station to Station. It's on Steam. I don't know if there's a demo yet. Um, basically, uh, it's more of a puzzle game. You try to link two things together, you know, so that you optimize. Uh, um, Oh, I think I did see this. Yeah. The world, the world is voxelized too, and looks yeah. like a big old toy set. Like it looks like it looks like a Lego set. Yeah, it looks like it's all Lego. It looks like uh-huh. a new kind of uh, roller coaster tycoon. I'm not. I'm sorry, railroad tycoon. Um, where you get to, you know, it even looks like those old uh, train sets that you would see 
where you you know go to a county fair or something and they'd have a big display of of a, of a like a little village and there'd be a train going around and there'd be nice little lit up houses yeah it's really nice it's it, it, it seems it's going to be real relaxing it's a real relaxer um they had a bunch of vr games and uh, uh the one that i'm most interested in is wallace and gromit and the grand getaway because I really love the Telltale games way back when Telltale games used to have puzzles in them. <laughs> Do you remember that? Before The Walking Dead, they had puzzles. And uh, it was really charming, and it looks like it's going to be the same level of charming, even though it's going to be a VR game. But it's for Meta, so I don't care. Oh, should we mention that the Meta Quest 3 was announced? I don't think we discussed that. I thought we did on one of the previous episodes, talking mm-hmm. about... Uh... Mm-hmm. The new features of the new MetaQuest. I think I'm going to buy the MetaQuest 3. And uh, just sell off the, uh, or give away the MetaQuest 2. Um, we also have the seat 2, for those of you who like the seat. So, um, it seems like they remastered Lords of the Fallen yet again. Um, it was one of the first uh, Dead Souls alikes, you know, one of the first Souls likes that tried to capitalize on the, uh, on the success of uh, Dark Souls. What do you think? Uh, do you think this remaster will capture any hearts and minds? I hope they improve that. Um, I was never, I've, I've never played the original Lords of the Fallen in the first place. Okay. Um, I'm gonna look at it again just to see what it was <laughs> it's, it's the a... creatures were really intense. Yeah. <laughs> the giant, like long-limbed maw creature. The the giant bat with all the heads yeah <laughs> it's that i'll give them this they have a epic monster design yeah it looks a lot better than souls like but people have complaints about it if i'm trying to remember um there's also some uh there's some sim games you know like space star trucker it's a trucking game except you're in space literally you're into it, it. <laughs> It's different. Like we we even had like a we even had like our traditional trucker too in the last and road truckers. But like I don't know, we haven't really had something where it was. Just, I, I guess I guess Elite Dangerous kind of lets you do that a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah. But yeah, but this I one is. This, here's the thing, though. That those are spaceships. These are trucks. These are trucks yeah. in space. <laughs> trucks in space. Yes. Um, the precinct looks interesting. It looks like Grand Theft Auto, except you're now on the side of the law. It's it's like the first one of the the first two Grand Theft Autos, which is basically a top-down game. This one has a little bit of isometric, but it's still interesting. Um, I was looking at this Enchanted Portals, and uh, it's a side-scrolling 2D platformer with co-op. Yeah. It looks nice. Uh, the cartoon animation was kind of reminding me of uh, uh, Cuphead. It looks a little bit like that kind of style. I'm not sure if it's the same developer or not. Yeah. Any other games that, that struck your fancy there, uh, TJ? Uh, yeah, Leica. Oh yeah. Blood. That <laughs> game looks like Trials mixed with uh, mixed with. Uh... Oh my god. <laughs> um, Fuga mixed okay. with uh, just like a little bit of Contra in there too. Like the 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 sheer amount of of things going on in that game looked looked decent. Like. It looks like it's going to be an interesting and challenging gameplay loop because you you basically play the game as like a uh, as a dog person on a bike with a gun, 
and the way that you reload the gun to fight more people is by doing flips and tricks. <laughs> and uh, I kind of think that's dope. But did Did you see the video that was released, the trailer that was released today for Squirrel with a Gun? I didn't. Is it really <laughs> <laughs> so um, you're a squirrel, and you get yourself a gun. And by gun, I mean a human-sized gun. So this thing's as big as you are. Oh, I have seen that game in early development on Twitter. It looks hilarious. Yeah, because here's the thing. It, it follows physics. So when you fire the gun, you just blow yourself back from the opposite force. And then you get yourself a machi- uh, an SMG or a shotgun. You know, like if you fire the shotgun in a door, you know, it blows you right back. But then you can hop with the shotgun through the hole in the door you made. That sort of stuff. It is bizarre. <laughs> Yeah. Samurai uh, looks good. Apparently, it's a Metroidvania yeah. game. Uh, very nice uh, cutscenes and beautiful uh, graphics. A lot of fighting, to imagine. Yeah. I wonder how many people are going to go for On Guard because it seems so niche. Yeah. For those who don't know, um, On Guard is obviously offensive. It's. It's. Uh, I'm trying like to. Th- it's all about the fencing, but you have to. It's like a swashbuckler sim. It, they call it a swashbuckler, actually. Uh, but the thing is that you know, it's sort of le- it, it is a tactical action game in which you have to time your blows perfectly. Yeah, right? I think that's Bushido Blade or something. I'm trying to remember if that was what it was. It was like an old PS1 game. Oh yeah. To do that, and you can. Take someone out in one hit of you. Well, I mean, it just right. Yeah, I mean, it, it, all of it is a lot, a lot of countering. Like the the guy's sword will will light up when when he's about to attack. So you have to counter, and then you have to read, and you'll have uh, you know. But it's it looks interesting. It has a nice cartoony look, sort of cartoony. It's it's between cartoony and real. Yeah, it looks nice. Nice details. Yeah, it's also it also has a strong comedy element too. Yeah, a little tongue in cheek kind of thing. A lot of VR games that were shown off. Um, and you know what? I never played the games. But it, why is it everybody hates Deponia? All the Deponia, uh, uh, all the Deponia games. It's like, I've never seen such a, uh, a negative reaction to Deponia. And now they have Surviving Deponia, in which they take Deponia and they turn it into a survival crafting game. I don't know. Because, like, I felt like at the time... Some, at least some folks did. Some, someone must have liked it because they kept on making the damn things. <laughs> yeah, they made like three or four of those uh, of the point and clicks. But you remember, we were both uh, we were both writing for Game Watcher, and the guy who reviewed it, I think it was Chris, he just tore into the entire series. <laughs> he just like, I, I think it was Chris Capel. I'm not sure. I'd have to look back. I'm not going to bother checking. If it isn't Chris Capel, I'm sorry. But someone on, on that side just despised Deponia, despised everything about it. The Deponia series. It's strange. But yeah, they turned Deponia into a, a survival crafter. Yeah, I have no hate for that series, and I don't really understand fo- folks that do. I mean, it's not the best point-and-click I've ever played, but it's certainly not the worst either. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, let well, go ahead. Oh, I was just looking over the list and seeing if there was anything else that really stood out. I, did you ever play Punch Club? I did. It's fun. Yeah. So like I said I'm looking forward to Punch Club too. Yeah. Uh, so they have be a good time. They also have the sequel to Moving Out, which a lot of people like. It's one of those uh, co-op games. 
in which, you know, sort of like, uh, you know, damn, what was the name of that um, that food game? That's a co-op game. Overcooked? Overcooked, yeah. Sort of like Overcooked except you're moving, that sort of thing. Uh, so are you looking forward to the Layers of Fear remaster? I've been very curious about, like, the way that they're going about that game, because it started out as, like, it started out, first off, it started out with Layers of Fears, which was just weird. <laughs> Um, and they've always said that it's like kind of a sequel, but not a sequel because it's j- literally redoing the first game mm-hmm. and the second game into a, a single, like, ca- uh, what's the word for it? Consistent narrative, I guess. Yeah. And the, the way that they're like, I guess going back to rewrite their own history with, uh, with the techniques that they have now is a bold choice, I mm. think. But also, like, I'm I'm not even sure if, like, how many games do you see where, like, they when somebody does a remake, they just... I guess Final Fantasy VII kind of does that, the remake for that, because they really went back and did all sorts of weird things with that. Yeah, they did. But, Here's the thing, though. Layers of Fear got mediocre reviews when it came out, so maybe they just improved it. I mean, it's still Bloober Team, right? Right. So, I mean, Bloober Team's getting better and better and better. They did the medium... You know, and uh, so perhaps they just looked at Layers and Fear and said, we can do better. Yeah, I mean, I understand that. It's their breakout work, and they might feel like they could have, like, with the technology they have, they can do things that they couldn't do back then. And I respect that. It's just interesting that they would openly say that, like, this is this is not a sequel. This is not, like, uh, this is not a one-to-one remake. We're going back, and we're redoing Layers of our Layers of Fear games the way we wanted to. Maybe they saw Yahtzee Croshaw's review and thought, you know what, let's let's prove him wrong. <laughs> maybe so. Uh, maybe the final game we can talk about here is Warhaven, um, and it's basically to me, oh, they're doing free-to-play uh, uh, For Honor. Okay. <laughs> so it's basically a 16-on-16 uh, PvP free-to-play medieval fantasy game. It, the graphics look great, um, but then again, you know, it's Nexon, so... I, I'm I'm gonna guess here, but I'm guessing it's an Eastern game that's just coming to the West now. That's my that's um, my guess. That wouldn't be a bad guess. But yeah, um, it looks beautiful, um, and it's hard to do it when there's all that chaos going on. So, anyways, uh, we're gonna move to the big one, uh, the one that sent a lot of uh, a lot of ripples through the uh, to the game world. Uh, by the way, on a side note, the EU has officially approved. The uh, the Microsoft Activision uh, merger, and it's possible that um, here's the thing: uh, the people who are the two the two organizations that are opposed to this is the FTC in the U.S. and the CMA in the U.K. And I'm wondering, I wonder if the CMA is doing this because of Brexit, because they would not do if if, if they did not have a Brexit, this would not be an issue. I'm wondering if it's all about the Brexit. Now, um, the FTC says they're going to sue, and it's fine, because they're, they're going to sue just to say, uh, well, we tried. The CMA has ultimate power, and they can just say no. And Microsoft Microsoft may go through with a merger without the CMA and just say, okay, that's up to you. We're just going to do this then. Well, they, they, uh, they also hired a lawyer that's known for overturning CMA decisions. Yeah. Anyways, um, so the first game that was shown at the Microsoft Direct was Fable. Hey, Finally, we get to see something about Fable. I really like 
<laughs> I liked it because I recognized uh, Richard Iota, yeah, uh, IT crowd guy, and I know he's been in other shows, and I just liked. I liked how they did that. You know, they they, they were used. To it was the giant camp. at the top of the beanstalk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a nice little twist there. You know, you didn't quite expect him to be that, and then he starts attacking, and then I guess I don't know if the main character is that that lady they showed or not, or if yeah. they're just wanting to say we're going to use fables now. And uh, you well, know. I mean, in fable, you could be male or female. It didn't really, uh, you know. But it's yeah. strange because I thought she was transgender. I mean, she was a woman, but she also had sort of like a mustache. It looked like a slight mustache on her. I don't know what it was. I don't, maybe I'm crazy. <laughs> maybe um, I'm crazy. But anyways, I just, like, I liked his performance and I yeah. thought it was a really good one. Jerry, <laughs> I thought it was an. I thought it was good to see Fable again. Yeah. I found it curious that after years of this game just falling off the map and no one hearing about like even a thing about it for a long time, we still didn't get gameplay. That's true. I think we're getting closer. I, I think it's sort of like they're putting the game back in people's uh, minds and saying, remember this? I have a feeling it's going to be a late 2023, early 2024 release. That's and probably fair. It's Playground that's developing it, right? Yes, Playground Games. Right. Um, one of the more interesting original titles that we saw was South of Midnight, which looked to me like a Henry Selleck <laughs> a game. It looked like something he would do, you know, like the Corpse Bride or Tim uh, Tim Burns' The uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. It had a very stop motion look to it. It's very stylish. We saw really nothing about gameplay except looked like an in camera. It looked like an in game cutscene, which is why it said used with in in game uh, in game uh, what's it, uh, you know uh, uh, properties. So what did you think? It looks like it's going to be an interesting story. I did some research on this. It is made by the same developers who made yep. We Happy Few. Yep. Oh. Um, which makes a lot of sense looking at it because it is very, like you say, it's very stylized. It's uh, it's got a cool art style, I think. Compulsion and, games uh, for the, those of you are wondering. Yeah. And uh, even if we didn't see gameplay in the in this case, like this is the first time we've seen this one. It's like this. It's like the fourth game that compulsion games has done ever i just i just want to know how is there a gas pump on on the middle of a of a water house like how do you get a car over there to get gas oh, it's just like a terrible thing it's the buy you accept it <laughs> yeah <laughs> um i love the atmosphere and the on the scene well, was beautiful even even we ha- for your motorboats to get through the bayou yeah even even we happy few was heavily um atmospheric so, Compulsion knows how to make a striking image, you know. Mm-hmm. So this one looks, this one looks promising. It's they're being backed by Microsoft this time, so I'm guessing they're not going to have the same development issues they did with We Happy Few. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to this one, seeing what else comes out of it. I'm interested in it. It seems like they're doing their version of Monster Hunter. I just feels that way. It feels like it's going to be a monster hunting game. See, because she holds up a sign that shows up. Have you seen this monster? But it's going to be interesting. I have no idea what it's what what it's going to be about. All I know is it takes place in a bayou, and you have a skeletal guy strumming on an acoustic guitar. It was interesting they never show his face. They had to hide most of it, or at least half of it, because he just looks like uh, he doesn't look very healthy, you know. Uh, he looks like know. he looks like a Bayou legend or something. Yeah. So, 
uh, yeah, that'll be interesting. TJ, you're about to say something. Oh um, no, I just I agree with everything you guys were saying. I'm I'm I was in the second that I saw it was compulsion. Yeah. And uh, I I have a feeling we'll be waiting a while on this one, but yeah, 2024. Fine. Yeah, probably. Uh, we're not going to talk about Star Wars Outlaws yet. Uh, 33 Immortals, interesting. A uh, 33 man co-op brawler. That looks crazy. <laughs> I saw that, and I kind of, I kind of like it, but I also feel overwhelmed by it at the same time. Here's the thing. Oh. Too many players. How many? How, how? Yeah. Well, they better stress the clan option on this because we know how people get when it comes to World of Warcraft raids. How many times can you get 33 people together to do a co-op raid? Yeah. In any game. This this might be something like where it's uh um you just you just uh what's it called you get um a queue in a room and everybody's just kind of put together and you fight a boss. This seems like you, it would be the sort of thing that you'd want. Um, I don't know. It it's the graphics are good. Uh, someone said it looks like old Space Ghost cartoons. <laughs> it's developed by Thunder Lotus, by the way. There for those who don't know who Thunder Lotus is, they made Spirit Fair. So this is yes. quite different. This is quite different than their normal fare. At least, well, maybe it is their normal fare. But it's a roguelike that can support up to 33 players. <laughs> and I love this Spearfarer. Did you, either of you manage to play it yet? Because it's one of those games. Scott, what are you doing to yourself? Sorry. It's coming to PlayStation. At least you can play it there. Hasn't it already come to Switch, though? It has. Yeah, you have no you excuse not to play it. You have no excuse not to play it, Scott. Come I'm on. playing Zelda right now, then I got Reverie next month. Spirit Fair has a better so story. <laughs> than than what? Uh, than than Zelda. Trust me. <laughs> I don't know. It'll don't bring out it'll bring out the feels in you. I already I got I got I'll tell you this. Already on Zelda, I'm halfway through and I already got the feels. I don't know how far TJ is. I don't want to spoil it, but there's just there are plot points. Let's just say that you know, and uh-huh. stuff is happening, and you know, and so there's 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 stuff to feel in uh, Zelda. Yeah, there is. Oh, that. But I also think that Spiritfarer is dope as hell. These things can both be true. The halfway point of Spiritfarer when uh, you're confronted by that person is. It's so frightening and awesome and depressing at the same time. That's good. I, you know, I don't like really being depressed though. But it's it's a slow burn sadness. Right. Um, anyways, moving on. Payday three. We knew this was coming. Um, the graphics look awesome, but you know what the thing that disappointed me about the trailer was was that they screwed up so badly almost immediately. Because the thing I want to see in Payday is you able to do a bank heist without the without alerting the cops at all. You know, in, out, you got your loot, you know, that sort of thing. This one is just yet another botched bank robbery. They take a they take a hostage and someone summons the police and then the SWAT team comes in. <laughs> I think that was deliberately because they wanted you to see what kind of weapons you'd have available to you. Uh, the previous two Payday games are always intense. Um what do you think of how Payday 3 looks? It looks pretty dang good. Like, Payday is certainly a vibe. It's Would you f- call it an extraction shooter? Possibly. I mean, it's one of the few co-op games that are out there right now that people still play. I mean, people still play Payday 2. 
Yeah. And, like, there's something about it that, like, nobody is doing it the way that they do. Here's the thing, because it gives you an option. You know, you can try and do the perfect bank heist. Mm-hmm. You know, hold up, uh, sneak in, hold up the bank manager. He gives you the code. You go into the vault, all that stuff. I have someone holding down the uh, the bank manager while no one knows what's going on. Or you can just go in your guns blazing like heat. Just <laughs> It's an, it's interesting. It's an interesting game. It's always been an interesting game. Yep. I've never played it, but I know a lot of people who are bonkers over that series and, yeah. and I get it. I've se- from having seen it played, I totally understand why people would be way into it if they'd gotten into it. It survived Starbreeze fucking them over. Yes. It you know, people still play it even though they got majorly fucked over by that company. And having seen like one of my favorite franchises go through something similar, like Guilty Gear, with <laughs> Arc System Works having lost rights to that franchise oh. for a period of the series. I completely get why people would be all the more attractive to something when the creators get their thing back and make the next big part of it. Yeah. And then we have two Persona games. First one is Persona 3 Reload, which is basically them taking the Persona 3 game and... Bumping it up to the stat, uh, to uh, Persona 5 levels of graphics and action. So they really make it, you know... Because remember, the first Persona 3, I believe, was on the PS2. And then right. it was on the PSP. And then they re-released it. Um, sort of basically a rem- uh, slightly, you know, resolution upped the uh, PS3, uh, PSP game. And this is them just making it a full-on Persona 5 type game. And uh, this was uh, this was this should have been like probably one of the most hyped things for a lot of people, except for the fact that Persona 3 and Persona 5 Tactica got leaked ahead of it. Yeah. That's so the, the, which is, which is a bummer because I know a lot of people would have lost their minds and people still did lose their minds. I will say that Atlas and, and uh, Microsoft seem to, get, seem to be getting very chummy. Yes, they do. Yeah. So for those who don't know, Persona 5 Tactica is basically Persona 5 Tactics, you know, XCOM slash Final Fantasy Tactics. Yes. And it, it still has its own story, too. So. Yes. And uh, I like it when Atlas does this with their uh, with their Persona games. They, right. Like a fighting game. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Persona, well, no, like Persona Strikers. They've also, they've also done other Tactics games in the Shin Megami Tensei series with uh, Devil Survivor. I loved those games on the DS, and uh, to play a Persona 5 game in that vein sounds fun. A lot of people are saying that Persona 3 Reload will be a good entry point for people uh, to the Persona series. Yes, because it's kind of like a lot of people got on board at Persona 4, and then it exploded at Persona 5. But Persona 3 is still considered to be like a high, like the place where the series really, really started to find its identity and 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 make it something special. So, Scott, talk about Avowed. <laughs> okay, so Avowed is the uh, <clears throat> first-person fantasy uh by obsidian set, set yeah by obsidian set in the world of aurora and it looks like it's specifically in the world of aurora you might as well say the, the world of pillars of eternity yeah pillars of eternity um and it's specifically in the living lands area which is supposed to be a very 
wild and un- untamed area with very uh, bizarre monsters. I think it was like a bear with uh, weird growths on it <clears throat> attacking. And I think, I don't know if they're using the same engine that Elder Scrolls has. No, they're not. Because so I was seeing comments of people saying, this is totally not Skyrim, guys. Yeah, using a very, I'm not going to say a cartoony art style, but a less realistic one. Yeah. Um, But uh, it's interesting because at least in the realm of Pillars of Eternity, they're they're using uh, what's called this like uh, soul magic where you're using the souls of people to do certain kinds of spells and uh, perform things. And uh, usually that's considered forbidden magic. So I'm wondering if that's going to, play in this game one thing i noticed is that um you're gonna have a lot of enemies on the screen at one time and i'm wondering about that because someone uh, some people have claimed that it's not going to be as open world as a you know as something like the the outer worlds or something like that oh yeah i i I did see that it was going to be smaller scale some i i mean i'm fine with a more linear like world i think that uh might suit better because i think a lot of people get uh fatigue on these open world games so they might prefer something a little bit more linear you know in between the two i'm looking forward to it's obsidian they know how to do an rpg Mm -hmm. i'll trust them i'll trust them i mean okay to be honest i wasn't as in love with the outer world as a lot of other people were um but it was still a very competent the outer world is probably the worst that obsidian can do (laughs) so um tj is there anything about Avowed that you saw that you like? Avowed? I've Avowed. been all in on that game since we first saw it. <laughs> that arrow, that arrow just flying through the air. <laughs> wielding a sword in one hand and magic in the other. Yeah. Uh, the monsters that we see, the world that we see. They've said... Now, here's here's the catch, and I hope this doesn't kill any interest you have, Jonah. Yes. It's going to be environment-wise, in a similar vein to the Outer Worlds, where, like, it's open world, but only to a certain degree. Yeah, I mean, we were just discussing that. Um, I, I Like I said, I, I don't mind. I mean, the Outer Worlds is the worst Obsidian can do it, and I did not hate out of the Outer Worlds. I just found it to be shallow. That's the only... You can have a you can have a game like like the outer War, uh, the outer worlds but not be shallow so we'll see I mean pillars of pillars of eternity is a labor of love for them that's the game they kickstarted and I also backed yes. by the way so and there's a lot of lore in that world so and, I I do expect a good story I think they're going to yeah. be very invested in that game I also think that I also just think that Obsidian has done a good job of refining a style in which they give you a wide water to explore and hide the fact very well that it's just a very wide river taking you in a certain direction. Am I yeah, remember like that way? Am I remembering correctly or is it Unreal Engine 5? Did they say that at the beginning? I'm trying to remember. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't know what engine they're using. I didn't see it. They're not using they're using they I think they're using, using they're yeah, they're using yeah. Unreal Engine 5, so so, anyways, uh, we're going to move on to Sea of Thieves, The Legend of Monkey Island, and I'm going to say this right now, and I told everybody this, uh, in Sea of Thieves, now we actually could have Guybrush Threepwood meet Captain Jack Sparrow. <laughs> They're in the same universe, officially. <laughs> that would be an interesting, uh, what's it called, crossover right there, having uh, Monkey Island and Pirates of the Caribbean crossover. Um, all the characters are there. 
All the characters from Monkey Island are there. It was really funny seeing LeChuck and and, and Rare's art style. I didn't, I didn't quite expect that voice, but uh, yeah, that was interesting seeing LeChuck again. Of course, you pretty much knew he was going to be there. Eyebrush looks uh, haggard. I mean, he he he's, he has a, he has like a beard of sorrow on him. Oh yeah. He looks he, he same voice, but he he just looks like he doesn't want to be there. <laughs> he's like, I'm really getting tired of having to. Face to Chuck for the fifth, sixth, I don't know, seven times, whatever it is now. <laughs> Just looks depressed. Still depressed. He, of course, if you have a, but you ha, they have the all access ticket, so he has, he, he's he, he's forced to deal with them. Yup. Um, I don't play Sea of Thieves because I'm not really into the PvP thing, but um, after Captain Jack Sparrow and with Kybrush, uh. Rare is really knows what to do with with uh, story things. They're they, they're swinging for the fences. Makes me wonder wh- who's the next one they're gonna have. Um, and I really can't think of any comic pirate thing besides Guybrush Threepwood and Jack Sparrow. But moving on, um, they showed off the new Microsoft Flight Simulator uh, 2024 edition, and one of the thing I really liked was that they're giving you a lot more things to do. The game was just flying. Now you have rescues and uh, firefighting and crop dusting and all these other things that you can do, which is nice. I would never expect it to do a crossover of a flight simulator in Dune. Dune. That's yeah. that was pretty surprising. But uh, the little the little helicopter fly bug thing was so pretty cool looking. The ornithopter, yeah. Um, and also you're gonna. Uh, that that better have a worm coming because they showed they showed them uh, uh, what are those little miners called you know the things that extract spice because um, those are those are in danger of being eaten by worms right so I expect that you'll have a mission in which you have to pluck the the people off that thing before a worm attacks but yeah I mean uh, like I said uh, flight simulator with with things to do this time not just fly from place to place um. I thought it was absolutely awesome. Like, what a smart idea to, like, nail down your physics and, like, your new physics and all of the environment and everything that you, like, want people to see and feel in the first game. And then to expand beyond that with, like, every other job in aviation that they can wedge into that. Yeah. Like, how cool to, like, have... I mean, just, like... I think it's cool that you could fly through to anywhere you wanted, but like to go to those places and be able to do things like search and rescue air, like mountain mountain rescue, which means you're going to be able to fly helicopters now. Yeah. Like helicopters and, and flight sim 2020. They, they watch. So 2024 could fly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like I said, I'd like to see rescue missions in the Dune expansion. That Ornithopter trailer was probably one of my highlights of the entire showcase. Really? I love Dune and I, and seeing But you didn't get to see a worm. You didn't get to see a sandworm. I know, but like seeing the technology of Dune and like being the the idea of being in the cop, cockpit of an Ornithopter, which is like I have a few sci-fi vehicles that are like my favorites among yeah. the, among the genre. I like the A-Wing from Star Wars. I love the Ornithopter from Dune. 
I bet you can have rescue missions in that one too, because you have the, you saw the uh, spice mining uh, buggy or whatever that thing is called, and I'm pretty sure you'll be tasked with getting there and getting the people off that thing before a worm swallows it. Yeah. <laughs> But so very cool. I was very happy to see that trick. I was I I really did believe that they would just keep like adding expansions to Flight Sim 2020 until either. Well, I don't believe this is a separate. Exp- uh, this is not a separate purchase. I th- just think it's a 2024 up- upgrade. I, I, I think you know, so. free. It I think it's like a free it update. A game. It seems like a free update to me. Hmm. We'll see. I, I'm pretty sure it's a free update. Yeah, because I would have expected that they just updated 2020 forever. <laughs> um, yeah. But I, I was way into it. Uh, I loved that trailer. Uh, then they showed Senua's Saga Hellblade 2, and this was one of the low points in because it was just, to me, it was dull. I mean, they're showing off the Unreal Engine 5, uh, Unreal Engine 5 and saying, look what it can do! And she's walking around listening to voices, and it's like, okay, I get it. We saw this in the first uh, Hellblade. Yes, much like Fable, another trailer where we didn't get much more than that cinematic. I will say, though, uh, like a Dragon Infinite, well, we got a great cinematic as Itchy washes up on the beach completely naked and we get to see his ass cheeks. <laughs> so incredibly silly. <laughs> but that's but hey, that's Yakuza for you. Yakuza always loves to introduce itself really, really silly. Yes, and uh, I think they caught everybody's attention. Oh, definitely. When he's, but you know, it's always nice to have Itchy back, um, and it'll be very interesting to see what that is. I mean, it's gonna be more of the same, I'm pretty sure. But um, I like Like a Dragon series much more than I like the Yakuza series. Thankfully, there's something for everybody. Yeah, like Itchy's ass. <laughs> well, I mean, they're also doing the Man with No Name, which is more of a yeah. of a traditional Yakuza game, from what I understand. Yeah, they're just not calling Yakuza anymore. <laughs> they're just they like Judgment. That a while back. I mean, with Judgment and Judgment Two, it's like it's a Yakuza game, but we're not calling it Yakuza. <laughs> the kind I remember them signaling it a while back that they were going to keep like a dragon yep. into in the uh, in the vein of what uh, Yakuza Six was, and and like spinoffs will be where you'll experience like traditional Yakuza combat. So. Interesting, interesting thing to make the spinoffs carry the traditional stuff and and have the mainline do that thing that you just decided one time. Yep. But I, but also, like, Yakuza fans are eating good, so they have nothing to complain about. Yeah. Um. Then we saw a Capcom game, uh, Kinitsugami Path of the Goddess, which was a very surprising game, and some people don't know what quite to make of it. I got, I got Japanese folklore Diablo vibes off of it. Yeah, I mean, it looks it looks like it's an action, maybe a cross between Dark Souls and and Diablo. Because we saw party mechanics. Yeah. We saw, and it looked like the other party members were other players, and we saw class mechanics, like we saw a character use a buff on other characters. In the and also, of the, I uh, think there's going to be also a, a customization of your looks too. Yeah. Custom, so, uh, customization. What a color palette. That was yeah, a very, it was, very vibrant game. Yeah. By the way, it was confirmed for PS5 today. So uh, it's it's going to be on game. Most of these games are going to be on Game Pass. Um, but it's also going to be on PS5 if, if you don't have a PC or gaming PC or an Xbox. 
Yeah, it looked pretty. It looked very, very pretty. Um, then, finally, the official announcement of Forza Motorsport. Uh, they're dumping the numbers. It's just going to be Forza Motorsport. And what can, what, what, what can we say? It's a beautiful racing game. It's it's it my is. personal favorite. And I, like I said, I prefer uh, Motorsport to Horizon myself. And I think dumping the number, I think they may turn it into a platform unto itself in which it's just going to get yearly, you know, car packs and stuff like that. Horizon is very beautiful, but it also gives me big cruising USA vibes sometimes. <laughs> well, yeah, intentionally. Uh-huh. Yeah, Forza Motorsport is down and dirty racing, just racing. <laughs> yeah. Um, which, yeah, I'm glad that both things exist, but it's cool to see Forza Motorsport in there. Um, do we really need to talk about Overwatch? I was going to say, do we have to? Because um, they're just, it's just Overwatch 2 and some of the stuff that's coming out this year. I mean, it's, or, that, that, Overwatch 2 has been royally uh, raked over the coals. Because they were supposed to have, supposed to have PvE, they they not, and Overwatch 2 Invasion is basically them giving crumbs to people who want PvE, basically. Yep. Hey, remember all that stuff that we said we were going to give you when the game launched and then we delayed it out and then never launched it and then we canceled it? Here's a little bit of what that would have been. Yep. <laughs> it's sad. Uh, I mean, here's the thing. People people still love Overwatch, and it's it's good content for them. I just can't get excited over it. Uh, Jusant is Don't Nod's version of ReCore. <laughs> That's all I can think of. It's made by Don't Nod. Uh, who are very best different thing? Yeah, I was, I was gonna say it was uh, looks like a 3D platforming kind of game. Uh, looked nice. Have you played? Um, have you played uh, 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 Recore? I don't know what that is. Uh, that was Recore. Oh, who was the developer who was behind Recore? It was. Uh, it was. Oh, uh, it, it's like a spinoff Capcom company. Yeah. Um, they also did the Resident Evil 4 VR remake. Let me I know, he, he, but he's very big. Um, it was by Concept. Yeah, yeah. It's, no, wait. It's by, it's by Concept. I'm looking at ReCore, and this doesn't look like you saw it, so I don't know why you it, say uh, it. If, if you've played ReCore, it looks a lot like, it, it'll look a lot like you saw it. Trust me on this. But here's the thing. Don't Nod does things like, like life, life is Strange and Vampire and Remember Me. And all these, other, and then they decide to do an open world platformer. <laughs> I, I I just think it's cool. I think it's cool to see Don't Not do something so drastically different from anything we've seen them do before. Yeah. We're so used to just like wandering towns with emotionally driven characters and, and emotionally driven stories and dialogue choices, and this is just not any of that in a yeah. in a in a good way. And then we have Still Wakes the Deep, and this is by the Chinese room, and talk about, well, it's not that much of a departure for them. Uh, it's an underwater horror uh, horror uh, game, which you're in a collapsing rig. and For those uh, who don't remember, the Chinese room handled uh, Amnesia, a machine for pigs. Yeah, they, well, they did more than that. They did, they did hear it. They, they're, they're the ones who basically invented the walking simulator with Dear Esther. Right. They also did Everyone's Gone to the Rapture. I just know that a lot of people know them from uh, the... Machine for Pigs, yeah. 
um, which was very different from like what every other amnesia thing that's happened because of uh, I don't know, but yeah, they've done a lot of interesting stuff. You're right. I I like everybody's gone through the rapture, and uh, this one looked interesting too. Yep. And now we're gonna talk about a really weird game, Vengeance of Hinderberg. I I wouldn't say someone nailed it before. We have Hi-Fi Rush, and now we have Lo-Fi Sword. Because <laughs> ev- ev- everybody who saw this game, it's the exact same cartoon style as Hi-Fi Rush. <laughs> Except with a lot more traversal, there's snowboarding, there's... It looks really good, but it's like it came out the wrong year to do this 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 trailer. It's all it's it's Hi-Fi Rush. I can't I can't unsee it. Uh... Their goblin masks in that trailer were pretty funny. I want one. Yeah. By the way, this is the debut game uh, for the developer, uh, Microbird Games. Yeah, then they've done. It's very interesting style. I like the I like the cel shaded art style, the vibrancy. Of the have you played Hi Fi Rush, uh, TJ? I have not gotten to play. See, Hi-Fi Rush. That, uh, you see, but, that, you, how can you not play Hi Fi Rush? Because I don't have an Xbox uh, Game Pass. It's on account. PC. Come on. I know, and I need it's to, twenty bucks. You need to play it. It's twenty I bucks. It's, <laughs> it's a it's a double A game. It's only twenty bucks. What are you doing? I'm gonna have to play it eventually because it's on our the moment. The moment the cat robot listens to the music at his uh, and he zones out and becomes the ball. He, TJ just, only has so much time in the day. That's you know? fine because Hi- uh, Hi-Fi Rush isn't a very long game. Okay. You can get that. you can get through it in, in twenty forty eight hours. It's probably going to be one of those things I watch somebody else play while I'm No, working. no, play it, because there's nothing like having to face Rekka by yourself. I love that character, Rekka. This big, burly bouncer, and she bangs her, her hands together, which makes clanging sounds. Bang! And it's like she's like your worst gym teacher except a wrestler. <laughs> she's, yeah. she's, she's just a big, hulking glow member. <laughs> but Dungeon Hindenburg, like I said, lo-fi sword, it's... Looks great. It has the same art style. I will say that the um, uh, from the trailer, I really like the uh, part where you're in a mine car. It looks really nice because the uh, the rock textures look cartoony and real at the same time. Anyways, uh, moving on. Uh, I'm sorry. I was I was still looking at the screenshots. Like <laughs> this um, game, this game is just very easy to get, like stare. There's so much packed into it. Yeah. It's very dense. Just looking through the screenshots and like trying to take in everything that's going on in there. Yeah. Um, there's also we now have finally Phantom Liberty, the DLC for Cyberpunk 2077. Once again, uh, Keanu Reeves came and introduced it, talking about how great it was to be working with Idris Elba. Although I'm wondering if either of them ever met, <laughs> since it's a it's a, they're only doing voiceovers. That's a good question. I uh, I thought it was really funny that people have been were talking about this DLC like it may save the game, as if the game didn't look after itself maybe a year down the line. I don't know. I I did not unless they radically change some parts of it. I don't know if I'm going to go back to it. I mean, I'll play Cyberpunk 2078, but right, but you know. I'm By the way, Phantom Liberty is based on that on that uh, that comic, isn't it? 
I think so. Yeah. I'm just saying that CD Projekt already put in the work and made Cyberpunk 2077 good. And then, like, that, if anything saved the game, it was that anime series, because people... Yeah, suddenly and that's what Phantom, Phantom Liberty is based on. It's based on the anime yeah. series. I, I don't know if it's enough to bring me back in. Um, almost everything in, in, in uh, the Microsoft uh, presentation is going to be on Game Pass, so I wonder if they're going to have Cyberpunk on Game Pass at some point. I sounds... wonder with all these games being put on uh, Game Pass, like it just seems really crazy that like how do they, I never they get paid? It. Here's the thing: Microsoft pays the, a lot of these developers one of two ways: either they give them a bulk amount, or they do it via uh, per download. Most of them do it via bulk account. And what uh, here's the thing about developers: um, it may sound corny, but they're not necessarily in it for the money; they're in it for you to play their game. I guess so long as Microsoft gets them enough money to support themselves, they can make the games that they want to make. Yeah. I mean, remember Gears Tactics? They would have never made that, never been able to make that game if they were trying to make a profit. Because I guarantee you, not a, not a lot of people would have tried it out. It wouldn't be something that Gears fans like because it's, it's not a shooter. And XCOM's games, XCOM, you know, Tactics gamers may not play it because, eh. You know, why I don't have to pay. But since they didn't have to pay money for it and they tried it, they loved it. You know, it allows you to experiment. I mean, I I don't think Grounded would have ever been made without Game Pass. Ever. So uh, now yeah, let's I agree with that. Like, because that was a, that was a people didn't expect anything like that from Obsidian. They were an RPG crew yeah. before that. And now they had never done anything like it. It was a side project. Yeah. And so. Yeah, I agree with you totally. That I don't think anyone would have pulled the trigger on Grounded without like getting a better idea of what it was about if they didn't have Game Pass. Here's the thing: I don't think Like a Dragon would have been a thing without Game Pass. I mean, they'll probably would have made it, and it probably would have been big in Japan. But here, who knows? I mean, the fact that it was on Game Pass got it a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. So I agree. Anyway, let's talk about a game that TJ is going to now uh, gush on for the next five minutes. City skylines. Too. That's beautiful. What I like is that um, everything looks so much more dense now. It looks, you know, the cities sort of looked like cities in the first game. Now they really look like cities in the second game. Oh yeah, and all this the all the like, all the I, details that looking at traffic reports and yeah. Well, here's the thing: all those expansions, you know, like the. The traffic expansion from City Skylines, too, I'm pretty sure is incorporated. In, I mean, from the first City Skylines, it's probably incorporated here because that's one thing I love to do is do uh, traffic sims like cities in, tra- uh, cities in motion. So that's definitely a thing here, you know, and you can yeah. feel like like you were just saying, this is going to be a living, breathing city simulator and it just looks gorgeous. Yeah. Like, first off, it looks absolutely gorgeous in the new engine. Like, it, it's just fantastic how much they've upgraded the environment and, and the and the and any of the buildings that show up when you place them and then like gameplay wise it feels like it feels like paradox interactive went through their mod community and found the best ofs and but not even the mod community from their expansions uh from city skylines yeah it really does feel like a like a blend of all the things that people really, really loved about city skylines and, and just fully visually upgraded. 
Here's the thing. There's no reason for them to have made a sequel unless they're changing the underlying mechanics. Because they could have just that. they could have just kept on releasing mod after mod after DLC after DLC. No, they're, it looks like they rebuilt everything from the ground up for this one. Yeah. I think it's I think the engine has changed too because I do believe that this one is being developed in UE5. And you have the uh, seasons passing. They're pretty sure uh, keen to show you. Hey, look, it's snowing. Uh, yes, that looks <laughs> so cool. I want to see storms roll over my cities. I want to see snow roll over my cities. I want to see my cities possibly get torn in half by a tornado. And then I have to figure out how to put that back together. I, I always love being able to ha- load up a city and just have disasters strike at it and just to at least see in Sim City you could have Godzilla do it and, or UFO. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, I'm more excited to, you know, what I like is if they had a mode in which you ever have a pre-built city and now you have to build the uh, public transportation for it. That would be an interesting challenge. I mean, you could probably do it. I mean, scenarios, you know, and. People could just save their their cities and just you know and say here improve the city. Um, the uh, the roadways and, and city skylines are always good. It looks like they really went beyond that and because I, you could see all these clover leaves and overpasses and all this stuff and you follow a truck as it goes along these things. Building over under traffic like in that video they made it look ridiculously easy, which that was like advanced stuff as far as I'm concerned and and city skylines was figuring out how to like creating the elevation and terraforming you need to make a cloverleaf or, or the roads coming to and from at work. And it is game pass, which will be interesting for a lot of people, you know, I mean, get people into silly skylines. I mean, here's the thing, even on, it's still a niche game. It's beloved by people who enjoy SimCity, but if you have it on Game Pass, you get so many more people who are curious to see what this thing is all about. And that's one thing I hope. They didn't show it in the trailer. I'm hoping they have it in the game, and that is a really extensive tutorial. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Because, like, new play- for, there's so much stuff in City Skylines. There's yeah. so much stuff. You can play that game for, like, 30 hours and still not know what, everything you need to know about it. Yeah. It's it's incredibly deep, and it's always been built that way, so you can be as complex or simple as you want about it. So speaking of people getting excited, uh, the next game got a lot of Persona people extremely excited. It was Metaphor Refantasio, which is basically refantasy that's been promised for a very long time. It was finally unveiled. For those who don't know, it's Persona, except it's medieval. <laughs> and a lot of people got excited over that. That was For a lot of people, that was their game of show. Yeah. I uh I didn't I need to go back and watch that trailer, but like to have a new IP altogether in the Atlas universe is it's it's not quite it's it's Project Refantasy, except they call it Metaphoria of Refantaseo. It is it is it even has the same art st- not art style but you know text style as Persona. It's Persona except medieval magic sort of thing. Yeah, like I said, Atlas like, has been getting very cu- uh, cuddly with with Microsoft. Yeah, I just think it's cool to see like a, we we are so used to having Shin Megami Tensei and uh, and Persona games that it feels refreshing to see an Atlas game name the Atlas name on something a different RPG. Yeah, it looks great. 
There's some really weird screenshots that were not in the video, if you ever see them. Like um, this plant-like guy with four petals with teeth coming out of it and a tentacle coming out of his mouth with four eyes, a big nose and four horns with eyeball stalks. It's just bizarre. It's it's like they took, you know what, we're going to take Persona and we're just going to go make the weirdest crap for it. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody was already praising the music by Shoei Miguero. It, it, like, I, I mean, that's another reason I need to go watch that trailer is I, I want to hear the track. You haven't seen it? You haven't seen the trailer for it? I was working on something. Oh, when okay. It was shown, okay. Which I'm looking at the images, but yes, the, I, but I'd heard about it and I'd read about it. I just haven't watched it yet. It does look very cool. I like the character designs. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I see what you're talking about. With it is, it show. is persona. It's persona. It's basically <laughs> persona with medieval uh, flair. <laughs> very, very uh, interesting monster designs. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of interesting, uh, oh we my have. God, it's a rat with a katana. Yes. Sorry. Adorable. <laughs> <laughs> it's fantasy persona. Anyways, moving on, we have Towerborn, and it's done by Stoic. And for those who don't know who Stoic is, they're the guys who did the Banner Saga. And this is going to be a very interesting game. It looks like there wasn't much talked about it. You know, the land has all these hexes, which means it's area control, but the gameplay is pure castle crashers. I was going to say uh, Dungeons and Dragons, Shadows of Amristara. That's what I was thinking, too. I saw that, and I'm like, that's nice to be an old D&D game, arcade yeah. game. Or what? Dragon's Crown. You mean uh, Tower, uh, Towerborn? Yeah. But, yeah. But all those but all those things we said are, are just different variations of cool fantasy fiction uh, brawlers, mm-hmm. which, what a interesting twist for Stoic. Yeah, it's a four-player. It, well, here's the thing: we all we all know that Stoic does really good animation. Uh huh. So, uh, but yeah, it looks like uh, territory control with Castle Crasher combat. Yeah, and we're gonna. It looks like we're gonna have different classes of uh, of soldiers or play, uh, playable characters to yeah. work with. Yep. Which also kind of pushed that D and D vibe to me. I I love those games. I. Uh, and I like the Banner Saga, so like this looks like this looks like my jam. Yeah, well, let's talk about something else that was your jam. Uh, how did you how did you describe Clockwork Revolution on Twitter again? <laughs> exile in exile, the the creators of Wasteland Three went and said, "What if Bioshock Infinite, but done by competent writers?" Yeah, I agree with that. I like that that tweet that you had put. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, just I got two. I was always speculating, what is In Exile going to do next? Uh, because Brian Fargo is one of the pioneers I of gaming. Too. I was like, In Exile has been so quiet. What are they doing? And here it is. I would not have expected a shooter. Yeah. <laughs> I would yeah. not have expected a shooter. That's a lot of things. You know, when you have Game Pass, you have all these developers saying, you know what, we're going to make something really weird and not something we normally do like you said don't nod we're gonna do a uh, we're gonna do a puzzle platformer <laughs> yeah open world puzzle platformer clockwork revolution uh, we're just gonna do bioshock infinite straight up with a time <laughs> with a time mechanic with a time uh uh with a time uh, you know mechanic uh, you know time machine mechanic alternate dimension or whatever yeah no it's it's changing the past it's basically yeah, back to the future again yeah i mean 
It looks nice and stylized. They had robots that had twiddly mustaches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they, and they had a uh, mega maniacal person who wants to control everything and thinks they're, I guess, shaping the world to be better. But, uh, you know, it looks like you get you. It looks like you get consequences for changing things. So it'll yeah. be interesting if there was like choice in that matter. Or, right. Um, remember that game uh, from a while ago, which was about time changing uh, from Soviet Russia. Mm-hmm. It's sort. It might be like that. I don't know if it's gonna be a linear game. If it's a linear game. That's fine. You know. Um, it'll be interesting to see if it's linear or a little bit open end where you can make choices. But yeah, it looks great. It looks great. Um, and by v- looks great, I mean the visuals look great. And I saw a report that they're going to show more on Tuesday that they couldn't show. Yeah, there's going to be uh, there's going to be another Microsoft Direct, and this one's going to be. See, they learned. They learned that they don't people for their direct don't want them to have the developers come out and talk about their game endlessly. No, no, no. The first one is going to be all trailers, all, you know, gameplay or whatever. And then the next week, they're going to say, okay, here's all the boring developer stuff in case you want to learn more about our games. But yeah, I mean, it is so much like Columbia, except it's not a floating, it's not a floating thing. Uh, One thing they did hint was that there's going to be weapon crafting or at least weapon modification because you can change, you can change the out, the, uh, the layouts of your weapons, if I remember correctly from the trailer. I, I didn't get a look at a lot of the main mechanics, but just like the world that they're building and the way that they're handling it, it looked competent for us never having seen an Exile do this kind of game before. They never, no. Everything has been an RPG. Remember, in Exile, uh, Brian Fargo in, was the developed Wasteland. Uh-huh. Which is what Fallout, which is what uh, is supposed to be a Fallout. It was Fallout was supposed to be a Wasteland sequel, but it never had, it never happened. Yeah, and so t- for them to like put to to put the together the mockups for a shooter, but then could show gameplay, and the gameplay looked pretty dang decent. Yeah, it also looks uh, fantastic. It has a it has a look. It's not quite arcane. It's sort of arcane ish, but not quite. It's a little yeah, less realistic than Arcane. There's really cartoon characters, yeah. So uh, let's talk about the big one. <laughs> the one we Starfield. were Starfield. There was a lot. There's a lot to unpack with that thing. Uh, general impression. I was extremely impressed with what I saw. I did too. I really love to build my own spaceship and just cut and make it my own spaceship and fly around and uh, just be able to tinker around in the ship and, and exploring all these different planets, but really just having my own ship, I think is the real biggest selling point for this game. You just, I don't know. There's just something nice about having that, you know, that personal ship there and you don't have to spend a car payment to buy, you know, star citizen. Well, I mean, no, I, okay. You don't have to it at all. I mean, um, I just like the fact that, um, Unlike Fallout 4, Outpost will be really easy to make. <laughs> I, that was I mean, the thing. I hated, I hated making new settlements in Fallout 4. It was such a pain in the ass to do. Oh, Here, yeah. it's going to be all modular. You just plop down stuff for your outposts, then, then uh, you know, have people work at them. It doesn't look like you, you would be um, 
babysitting them and, no. and not making any real progress with them. No. Um, it, it doesn't look like that kind of game. Well, for, what should we talk about first? Um, let's talk about New Atlantis. So New Atlantis is a city, and it's supposed to be the biggest city Bethesda's ever made. You're supposed to walk... And that's the city with the constellation, right? The, the uh, no, I the constellation like, is the name of your ship. No, the, yeah, yeah, the, I, the I city was, is like lawless Las Vegas. Anything you want? New Atlantis? No. You anything that pleasures? No, you no, no. That was the no. That was the place that used to be a. Uh, uh, that's another city. That no, you're right. I was thinking of Neon. It's yeah, just, Neon is the place that was uh, used to be a, a a fishing town, and they just became Las Vegas. Yeah, no, the constellation is the name of your ship. Um, the people you, you, you meet up with, the explore, sort of like an exploration club. Um, and I think they call it the exploration club, something like that. I thought that. you named your own ship. No, your your ship is called the Constellation. The you can, you can get more, you can get more ships. You can buy more ships. One thing I, I like is that the game will remember your name, will say your name, just like, uh, just like Forza, uh, Horizon. I was shocked when... They were all saying my name. They're saying, "Hey, Jonah." It's like, what? How many games? A lot of games don't even use that name. It's not. It's not Peter or Ralph. It's Jonah, and they they were saying it. Not even Fallout Four said Jonah, and they had shithead as a name you could choose. Yeah, the it, constellation is the group of space explorers. Really? Describe constellation as the last group of space explorers. Okay. Uh, but you can you can build your own ship, and they showed you could build a Voltron if you wanted to. Um, yeah, I, they, they've been repping this for a long time as we promised that every question you have about the, the game will be answered in this one. And they kind of lived up to it. They showed combat. They showed planet exploration. Let's talk about, let's talk about PC creation. Um, one thing, the, uh, well, I'm not, it, here's the thing, making the look of your character is standard. I know they're, they're, they're saying how much better it wasn't that much different than Fallout 4. What I liked is that first you got three, you got a backstory, and they would refer to that backstory like if you chose cook, uh, people would be talking about you know you used to be a cook, huh? blah, 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 you know it's that sort of thing you know, and then you can choose ba- three basic skills, and then you get three optional traits, like you can have a mom and a dad that you have to visit every so often, uh, you can have a really annoying fan who gives you a buff. That that fan looks like a character from I think it was Morrowind, the blonde elf. It looked just like that guy. No, he reminded me of Conrad Verner, Conrad Verner in, in Mass Effect. <laughs> and uh, they said though it's possible to get rid of your optional traits, and the way to get rid of the that optional trait is just to plug him in the back of his head with a gun, just shoot him dead. <laughs> yeah, I'm tired of your annoying shit. Bang. <laughs> um. And then you have five skill trees and four. This people were sort of divided on this one because uh, say you wanted to do stealth, and if you picked a lock picking thing, uh, basically to level it, you had to just pick locks. You know, pick five locks, pick ten locks, pick fifteen locks. You know, people were divided over that. Um, I think it's fine. I mean, leveling up individual skills should be more like Skyrim, in which the more you do it, the better you get at it. Um, go on, uh, you can you can comment if you want. <laughs> what were you saying about just? The, well, the skills that you like, yeah, you like yeah. them, like Skyrim, where you, the more you do it, the better you get at it. Yeah, like if like, you chose lock picking, it's like if, you, you, if in order to get to the next level, you have to pick five pick, uh, pick five locks. But with like yes. the 
the Fallout way of uh, earning skill points and then you assign the skill points. Yeah, they're not doing that. They're they're doing that for the larger ones, but I think you're going to get skill points a lot more rare in Starfield. I think it's doing it's it's sort of like a weird mix between Fallout and and, uh, Elder Scrolls. Yeah, it's a little bit different. I just like the idea that because you have a jetpack in this game. That's one of the skills you can. That's one of the skills you earn. One one person said straight up. Yeah, the first the first one I get jetpack. <laughs> well, that's what I was gonna say is that because you have the jetpack in this game, you can actually do unarmed combat as your primary. Uh, oh god. Skin. Yeah, they showed the final level of uh, physical combat. It's like he was falcon punching people. One guy just went into large arc. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> he just falcon punched like, him. <laughs> and like the reason I bring that up is because in almost every other Bethesda game, you can't specialize solely in unarmed combat because then when you have an enemy that's like up on a on a on on a ledge that is shooting arrows down at you, you have no way to answer them. Same thing with Fallout when someone's up on a catwalk taking shots at you with a rifle and all you have is your fists, mm. you can't do anything about it. Here's the thing. So having a jetpack <laughs> means somebody can be a spacefaring kung fu master and yeah. it will completely be viable. Well, here's the thing. Um, if Microsoft didn't get Bethesda or Zenimax, they would have never been able to have um, Microsoft told id Software, we want you to do the shooting part of this. They just sub- they said, told id, hey, uh, fix the uh, shooting – the shooting part of this game please for us and it shows i mean the the, uh the first person combat if you want to do first person combat it looks really tight it looks like a real shooter if you want to play it like that yeah Yeah, they did they did seem to say that they wanted to really let you experience both the busy noisy worlds and the quiet ones where you're just like on this isolated planet all by yourself collecting materials or whatever and you're just like in that moment kind of thing I just think it's a total win that you become you can completely become a sandwich pirate. Hmm. Just steal everybody's sandwiches. Oh, yeah. I saw that. That's right. <laughs> steal steal everybody's sandwiches. Uh, yeah, I love the idea. That's that a new can, cheese wheel meme. I love the idea that you can completely disable a ship, dock with that ship, kill the whole crew, and then and take, take it the for ship. yourself. Yeah, you can have a fleet. Yeah, and. I really hope that if we have the option to align with Raiders, I just want to keep working my way up to bigger and bigger ships until <laughs> I can get until I can finally take on that that huge star- battleship. No, they do have their version of a star of a star destroyer. Uh, the Earth. I want to take on a star destroyer, kill the whole crew, and, and then ta- take it for yourself. I'm willing to bet you can do it. If and I maybe. just want to pull that thing into a used car lot of spaceships and say, I'm going to sell this, don't ask me how I got it. Yeah. Uh, here's all the ships I collected. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about the planets. They look really good. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, they look far better than No Man's Sky stuff, which tends oh, to look yeah. sparse. So here's the thing. People were talking about how the planets were procedurally generated. They don't seem to quite understand. Now, No Man's Sky, they're completely procedurally generated, right? Um, the, the, uh, star, Starfield procedural generation is a lot like the mass Andromeda, mass effect Andromeda procedural in which they procedurally generated a planet and then curated it and changed it and, you know, added stuff to it. So you have a thousand planets, but they're all handmade. Kinda. The base are made. 
also all these planets say it may have different uh, gravity and you know it's like jump all high and a lot of them you know and I do like what they're doing uh, here's the thing I can tell a game is good when you can see the mechanics that are going on like when you hire someone they all have their little individual abilities from uh, I think it's like one to five stars and all of them can affect where they are like if you put someone on a planet uh, on your on your outpa- outpost and say mining five stars you're gonna get a lot more output out of that uh, that mine. So uh, the major part of the game is that you're going to be hiring people and either putting them on your ship or putting them on your outpost. Yeah. Which I'm curious about the outpost stuff. Is that going to be like – Is it, I, I guess that would be like settlements in Fallout 4, right? Yeah, but the thing is that, A, it's going to be a lot easier to make because making settlements in Fallout 4 was tedious, over, uh, tedious and over – no, this one you just drop things onto the ground. But I think it's because in order to get certain um, in order to get certain upgrades and all that stuff, you know, you may have to mine, you may have to get money, you know. So here's the thing: uh, this is sort of game in which I think you can just get off the main the main storyline and just do whatever you want and get back to the main storyline when you feel like it. You know, just spend your time building bases, trading, uh, you know, uh, doing whatever, building reputation. Oh, the main storyline? Okay, I'll go. I think the uh, main storyline is going to have checkpoints in which, like, you must have this much lead and thing for you to be able to build this thing, which is going to help you move on. Uh, Because the entire point of the story is that you find an ancient artifact, and you're trying to find artifacts that will lead to a story that probably will explain what happened to the alien races that have not sh- we have not seen in Starfield at all. It seems to be all humans. Yeah. I mean, except for, like, the giant, horrible praying mantis monster. <laughs> yeah. Well, they doing. have, yeah, they have uh, alien life form. Uh, life yes. forms, yeah. <laughs> that thing was intense. Yeah. I, uh, I like the creature design that we got to see. And I'm sure that there's going to be weirder things out there, too. Yeah. It's... Every every companion is going to have their own unique quest line, and um, so you're going to have that as well. Uh, They also just announced that there's going to be a first story expansion. It's going to be called Shattered Space. So um, also uh, there's a special edition for 300 bucks, in which you get a watch that is in the game. Oh, that watch looked really cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping it's not like the Pit Boy from Fallout 4. Do you remember that? That was sort of like yeah. a little dis. Um, a little cheap. Yeah, I pre-ordered it, so I'm a tool. <laughs> uh, it's going to come with a. It's going to come with a NASA case and a code for the game and a steel box. The steel box is for nothing because there's not going to be a disc with the game. It's just going to be a download code. That's pretty much expected these days, as it's yeah. it, it's heading digital. Games are heading digital, it seems like. So having a steel box means nothing, except it's pretty. I kind of want that watch. I'm yeah, getting that cool. watch. I, I pre-ordered it <laughs> from GameStop. <laughs> How much was it? It was $350, including taxes. Uh, the thing is that um, you also, if you're getting from GameStop, you have to subscribe to their Pro, so, which is fine. I, I was, But I was already part of Pro, so it was, it was a no-brainer for me. Like I said, I'm a tool. 
I mean, it's going to be on Game Pass. You don't, if you have Game Pass, you don't have to pay for it at all. But I wanted the watch. I don't have a watch. I want that watch. I want a watch too. <laughs> and I think you can use your uh, cell phone with the watch so that it interacts with the game. And that's one thing I miss is. Um, <laughs> Do you remember uh, SmartLink or whatever it was called in which you could have your cell phone interact with, with your Xbox? I miss that. I, I don't know why they stopped it. It makes no sense to me. Why not have, you know, your... They only tried it for a few games. I remember most famously it was with... Um, with uh, oh, damn, what was the name of that zombie game again? That zombie game that no one makes anymore. There's was a whole bunch of them. Frank, with Frank so West... Frank West. Dead Rising. Dead Rising, yeah. Dead Rising had the uh, smart link, smartphone smartphone link. Uh-huh. Um, so did Mass Effect 3. I I wish they still had that, because if you linked your cell phone to Mass Effect 3, the uh, other characters would start texting you. <laughs> like if I, I remember there was a, a link on the Fallout 4, and you could was do it? some things like look at your inventory. That, and... was, the, that was the Pip-Boy thing. Yeah. Yes. That was the so Pip-Boy thing. Work. It worked, but it was pain in the butt. It was a pain yeah. in the butt to use, though. I mean, the game will. I'm I'm pretty sure the game will allow you to link with your with your with your with the watch, which makes a lot more sense because with the um, with the Pip Boy, it's sort of like a pain. And this, you're just looking at your watch. Yeah. Yeah. And trying to strap that thing onto your arm by yourself was kind of a pain in the ass to begin with. Mm. I remember I had to fit that thing several times. <laughs> And it was really uncomfortable. Yeah. But I think it was really cheap plastic too, wasn't it? Yeah. So yes, I agree. The form factor of the watch is much nicer. I wish it wasn't three hundred and something dollars, but I agree. Well, how much do smart uh, smart watches cost these days? That's true. You're just basically getting a, a theme. They also showed off the controller and the headset as well. Uh, those are sold separately, so you don't have to. S- doesn't have to be bundled. I like the controller. It looks really nice. So that little—it's not a rainbow because there's no green on it. But you know that little, little rainbow flare where the Xbox button is. Looked really nice. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, that that Xbox controller is probably one of the first I've uh, considered springing for like a gimmick controller for a while. Yeah. Uh, and then a lot of people were complaining that it's going to be in 30 FPS. I don't care. It's an RPG. Yeah, and I mean, if you're on, if you're playing on PC, then it's kind of a moot point. Yeah, and I kind of get the point of what they were saying because Todd Howard's whole spiel was they want it to remain consistent across the board to the point where you won't even like be thinking about it. Well, Starfield's going to be on Steam, so you know there's going to be a billion mods for this thing. There's a well, billion. There's a no. It's on. T- it's on PC. What are you talking about? It's on Steam. No, I was saying it's, oh. they're only going to lock the frame rate on consoles. PC okay. won't have frame lock. Oh, and the other thing. Oh, by the way, uh, you can pre-install uh, Starfield now. <laughs> A bunch of other games too. Uh, you can pre-install City Skylines too now. Yes. Uh, but um, the other thing about it that people noticed is that a it's gonna be 150 uh, gigabyte download, which is a lot, but it's not you know it's not the most ever, but. The other requirement is that it requires a solid-state drive. No mechanical drive. You have to have an SSD. Yeah, <laughs> that's. And we're finally getting. Agree that that probably 
plays right into that consistency conversation that he's talking about. Yeah. Cause like spinning disc, you're going to have some hitch or you have the likelihood of a mechanical failure. Uh, with SSD, there is like little to no moving parts. Yeah. And also it's faster. I mean, that's the main point. It's faster. Right. Um, and so like that, is probably a huge part of the consistency that Todd Howard said he was uh, said he was looking for. Yeah, between Starfield and, and uh, City Skylines too, it's like which one's going to de- demand my attention more. <laughs> uh, so let's stop talking about Starfield. Let's talk about Ubisoft Direct. And uh, they first showed it on the Xbox thing, and then they finally showed gameplay for Star Wars Outlaws. Uh, again, my impressions are very very good. I could see the mechanics they were going with. And, you know, they're basic mechanics. I mean, they're not reinventing the clock. I mean, this is basic, uh, you know, stealth mechanics that you'd see in Middle-Earth, Shadow of War, and stuff like that. You know, you have your companion um, who can do things for you, like distract people or press a button, that sort of thing. And uh, basically you have to, you know, you can stealth your way through, but if they discover you, oh, it's going to be a firefight. Yep. It's very basic, but already I can see that it's going to be a fun game and i'm really intrigued about the story i am too i I think there was a character in there that's from a previous star wars game there was a pilot kyle katarn i think yeah kyle katarn from jedi uh, jedi knight Mm -hmm. uh who was in who was the very story goes he was the very first uh uh, video game character for star uh for star wars he was in the original dark forces Mm -hmm. he's who you play kyle katarn um i'm really interested in this game now that I've seen it, and I don't really give a shit about Star Wars. I, I, I've stopped caring about Star Wars decades ago, but I'm always a sucker for a good story, and I want to know more about what's going on in this game. I really liked that uh, the enemies that you fought that were chasing after when she... Uh, was... We're speaking in Huddies. <laughs> They're Rodians. I, I really just liked that uh, they had Stormtrooper aim because there is a part in there where, like, they're on their speeder bikes flanking her on either side with laser weapons. And then you Why go into Deadshot mode. Woo! You, can, you get into Red Dead. Re- every direction but where she's at. Well, you know, she's uh, she's basically, uh, you know, J- uh, John Marston, and she can just use her dead eye. <laughs> I thought it was incredible to have them positioned that close and, and completely with every shot. Um, there's uh, choices that you can make in the game, like they showed one in which you can either say, yes, I'll bribe you, no, I won't bribe you, and also there are fa- there's also faction uh, things. Oh, um, yeah, so yeah, so what happens is one, um, when she got caught, uh, you know, and exposed by the uh, people that she was trying to sneak through, her faction lowered on uh, with them, and then um, when she refused the bribe, her faction lowered, or actually, it wasn't, it was more like a GTA thing in which her antagonism with the Empire went up, and then when they went into space, I'm pretty sure you had you just you had to uh, just avoid them and get away. Yeah, because yeah, when she a way that you could activate hyperspace. Right. But since she shot one of them, her alert meter went up even more. You know, they wouldn't have been pissed if she just decided, you know, I'm not going to shoot any of these guys. They're going to just escape. So the fact that she fired on a Tie Fire and destroyed one, that made them even more pissed at her. So. Worth noting as well, uh, the blaster has three modes. One yep. of them is for killing shields. One of them is for straight up killing, and the other one is a non-lethal shot. 
Because uh, one thing is that, you know, he had that guy with the energy shield and she had to uh, reset her pistol. She shot through it, stunning him, and then she just cold cocked him. <laughs> so I wonder if it's a thing where, like, the more you kill, the, the worse your alignment goes. There seems to be a lot of decision gates in that game, so we'll see. Uh, now it's Ubisoft. We have to talk about Assassin's Creed. Uh, they have three games coming out, uh, Assassin's Creed Mirage, Assassin's Creed Nexus, and Assassin's Creed Jade. Uh, Jade is going to be a mobile game that's uh, set in Japan. Uh, Nexus is a weird thing. <laughs> and Assassin's Creed Mirage is basically going to be an Assassin's Creed game, and it looks like it's trying to go back to the roots. Let me ask you something, because I haven't played too many. I played Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, and that's about it. Oh, Really? Okay. Did it feel like the mission was like short? And is that? Do you think that's something? You can there have been. Of- here's the thing. Um, in a lot of games, you had to do these little short missions to get closer and closer to your target. Uh huh. I think that might have been very early in the game and sort of a tutorial thing and showing you how to do stuff. I'm pretty. Sh- I'm damn sure it's it's something that happens really early in the game and it's teaching you how to play. I have a theory okay. based on the fact that they said they're trying to make this a more focused uh, character driven narrative. I wonder if they're trying to go the Hitman route with Assassin's Creed. No, or, it, it looks like they're going with the Assassin's Creed one route. I don't know. It just like seemed like there were a, a it, it looked it seemed like a isolated scenario with a great degree of ways in which you can go about it. Like I said, it looks like a tutorial thing. Maybe. We'll see. Do you want to talk about X Defiant? Not really. I've, I've never cared free about to play, this one. Free-to-play shooter, arena shooter. Okay, uh, just a lot of stuff coming for it. So the thing that made me laugh is a lot of people are saying, they made Prince of Persian 2D, they're ruining it. Like, um, Jordan Mechner made the game, and it was a 2D game from the very start. Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown, um, looks looks beautiful. Yes, absolutely. I thought it looked great. And basically, they're going, they're going back to the roots. And I wonder how far they're going back to the roots. Like, do you think we'll be on a time limit? Do you think we'll do that where, like, we go? Oh, uh, yeah. If you, yeah, you have to. Yeah, because in the original game, uh, if you were too late, uh, the princess dies. Or something like that. It's a bad ending. You you always complete the game, but if you took too long, um, the princess is, is either dead or she gets married or something like that. Yeah. I kind of hope they do. I I would love to <laughs> play uh, a true return to form. Like don't I don't think they should make it as hard as the original because I think that regardless of your memory, if your reflexes weren't on point, you kind of had a lot of opportunities to screw yourself in that game. But I would like to see that mechanic return where you have a certain amount of time to finish the game. There's a lot more combat in this one. There's a lot more combat in this one. Uh, Because in the original Prince of Persia, you know, basically you were trying to leap and and run without having to fight anything. And now you're fighting a giant manticore. (laughs) Yeah. It's interesting that they went this route. Uh, I wonder if they're going to have the uh, same, you know, rewind thing that the that the other games have. The Dagger of Time? Yeah, probably not. But, yeah. I uh, I don't know. 
Yeah. I I can't remember if I saw the dagger of time or not, but I feel like there I feel like I saw a time stop mechanic for a second. I think it was Dagger of Time. I, I, do, I remember that as well. We'll see. So we'll at least have the opportunity to pause the action. I think. Right. Okay, so um, there's not much else that they had. Uh, they have a jet set a radio crossover with Roller Champions. Rahala has Master Chief. Uh, Ride Republic is getting a new skateboard add-on. Um, and finally, so maybe you're more interested in this. They're finally releasing the last uh, Marion Rabbids DLC. Yeah, I, uh, I like that game. I've never really been all that interested in the DLC. I was always more interested in the fact that I could actually have Bowser on my team and we could wreck shop together. <laughs> okay. um, then we had Capcom Direct, which is, you know, less exciting. Uh, aside from Street Fighter VI, which has already been released, um, they said that Pragmata is going to be delayed. It's not going to come out this year. It's going to come out either 2024 or whatever. Um. I don't know. Maybe you're more interested in this. Uh, the Ghost Trick Phantom uh, Detective got a demo. They released that demo. Here's what I think of Capcom in its entirety. Okay. I think that they are, they are in a strange spot where they just finished putting out every cool thing that they wanted to do for the time being. And now they need to arrange for the next cool things. And so we got a situation where they really didn't need to do this because really the only thing that they had to say was that Pragmata was delayed past 2023 and the Apollo Justice trilogy is coming. Yeah, but Ghost Trick Phantom Detective is done by Shuma Takumi. You know, he did the Ace, Ace Attorney games. Oh, it's, a, yes, but, it's an HD but, remaster, at least. Yes, but it was announced before. Yeah, this is the HD the, remaster. I know. But what? But but everything besides uh, Apollo Justice and Pragmata was. Well, let's talk about that. So you have Apollo Justice Ace Attorney trilogy. I don't know if you care about this, uh, Scott, but it's being bundled with three Ace Attorney games. Yeah, this is the these are the they've done. Pardon, pardon me. Um, they did a trilogy of the first, second, and third Phoenix Wright games, uh-huh. and then this is the trilogy of the fourth, fifth, and sixth games. Yeah, I'm more interested in if they'll ever bring back Breath of uh, Fire, but I, I guess not not at this time or ever. They showed off more Dragon's Dogma, too. That's always nice. Uh, yeah. Which I'm happy to see that game is happening because it seemed like a long shot. Yeah. And, it, I, uh, I, yeah. and it has such an interesting system that I'm happy that I'm going to be able to get on board from day one this time. Yeah. And I know you're excited about Resident Evil 4 VR. And they showed more yes. of that. <laughs> yes. I uh, I hope it's a little bit better than Resident Evil Village, but they did show off a little bit of a uh, knife pairing in VR today, which I found interesting and fun. I uh, I think that's going to be a fun thing to fiddle around with in PSVR 2. And finally, do you care about Exoprimal? Only so much. It's neat and interesting, but like, I don't know if it's going to have lasting effect on me. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely a games as a service. So like that's kind of my qualm about it is that it's 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 a it's a quirky idea. I wish it was like a story based game instead of an They're online. really pushing that. They're really pushing that game. I feel like it would be better as like a quirky story driven game instead of an online lives games as a service thing. I well, think that 
doing this as a this quirky idea as a games as a service is like I I, I don't think it'll have staying power. Well, at least they have Resident Evil 4 VR. <laughs> yeah. And Dragon's Dogma too. But like look at earlier this year, we had so many games as a service just shut down because even yeah. if there were cool ideas, nobody was playing them. Yeah, or at least not enough people were playing them to move the needle in the right direction. You, you ever heard of Motor City Online? Uh, I have not. Okay, that was a game in which it was all about buying and make it and uh, tuning up muscle cars and racing them, and it had its own economy. You know, it had a closed economy, which means you know, when money changed hands, you know, they didn't create any money, you know, and all this stuff. And it only lasted a year because it didn't immediately make money for EA. But had it ma- been made today, it would have lasted a lot longer because, hey, that's a that's a live service game. Let's. It was it was it had a subscription like an MMO, but um, it was way ahead of its Exo, time. I just think Exo Primal for what it is, where it's like this quirky, you fight dinosaurs in a rogue AI creating them, and <laughs> giant mecha suits like. That sounds like something that could have been a like cult hit if yeah. it were a if it were a story where you where you have a where you just have missions you can play them co-op if you want and there's an ending. Yeah. See, that's the sad thing is that these live service games get fans, and when that that thing is taken away, they don't have it anymore. There's been uh, like 20 years of them of them trying to make. An offline, well, not offline, but uh, you know, a working Motor City Online, which they've actually been successful in doing. It's you know, but when you have a game that you really like, oh, City of the Heroes, well, screw you, it's gone. Yeah, and it's a shame because some of them are just, are, some of them are really, really good ideas. I loved the the Rumbleverse where you had a wrestling battle royale. I loved that game. It was so fun. It had elements of like fighting games that really tickled me pink in a way that I hadn't really cared about Battle Royales for a while. But they didn't get enough people playing. And less than a year after it launched, they shut down. Yeah. So And I think and I think that's a pro and I think I fear that's what's gonna happen with Exoprimal, because it's a really fun idea. It's a really interesting and quirky and cool idea. Yeah. It anyway, doesn't uh, have. It doesn't sound like it has staying power as like a long-term yeah. live service game, though. So basically, um, it feels like Starfield dominated everything. I mean, it, even now, it's what people are still talking about. Microsoft came correct this year. Yeah, and they um, had everything cool that I really loved. I know. <laughs> Actually, they didn't even have to have Starfield. They could just have City Skylines too, and have an extended demo, and you would have been happy. <laughs> yeah, but then they went and did South of Midnight and Clockwork Revolution and Towerborn, and it was just banger after banger after banger of games I want to play. And if you like Persona, if you like Persona, then Metaphor Rifantizo, Rifantazio. Come on, Japan, stop inventing words like that. Uh, metaphor of Rafantasio, then you really got a bonus as well, because like I said, that was a game that a lot of Persona people were waiting a long time for. And it seemed to have disappeared off the face of the earth, too, to tell you the truth. Anyways. And then you're right. And then you're right about Starfield. It was like everything that you could have ever wanted to know about that game before you were going to buy it. 
Yeah, it was like, oh, you know, here's what it, it has everything that you wanted to hear about it. And then he did the interview with Ryan McCaffrey and a lot more was revealed, you know, that, you know, and it seemed like, yeah, this is a game they've been working on for 25 years. <laughs> yep. A lot of it in the Good planning job, stage. Xbox. Yep. Good, Good job, Xbox. You did it. Anyways, uh, look for our show notes at GamingPodcast.net. Along with the history news and our gaming history articles, we enjoy feedback. See us comments at our blog at GamingPodcast.net. Also, hit us up at Facebook.com slash GamingPodcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave some iTunes comments. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jonah Falcon. You can find me at Johnny Chugs. You can find me at Shard Moore. Uh, we will see you next week with actual, you know, news. <laughs> Happy gaming, everyone. Have fun. Be cool. Play the game, y'all.